That's the way we should all feel. When you, and so when you feel that way, when you see somebody sleeping like you used to be sleeping, God's going to use you to wake them up. When you see somebody dead like you used to be dead, God's going to use you to rise them up. When you see somebody lost like you used to be lost, God's going to help them be found through you. It's what we do. And I'm so excited about this calling, excited about sharing the light in the darkness excited about telling people about Jesus. You know, I have come to the conclusion that part of my job now is answering questions. So wherever I go, I get asked questions. Man, I was uh, just, I mean, this doesn't matter. Hey, what about this? What about that? And it's funny, depending on the age group, uh, the questions shift. But if you've hit, I don't know, 35 and a little older, and you've had a, you've had a certain amount of success this is the question I'm going to get. Hey, pastor, I need you to help me find my purpose. What is my purpose? Now, I get the question, and I had lunch with two business guys a couple weeks ago, one one and one the next, exact same conversation, very successful. Both of them made lots of money. They've been very successful, and what you realize, if if you've been successful, if you've gotten to where you wanted to get, you realize it wasn't all that you thought it would be. It's just when you're chasing fame, you're chasing money, you're chasing a name, it's a dead-end road. If you don't believe me, ask Solomon, the wisest and wealthiest man that ever lived, said it's all about chasing after the wind. Now, there are a lot of people here that make money, and I am very grateful because a lot of those folks now have moved into what we're calling kingdom builders. That means they give over 10%. You can be a titan of business. You could be a single mom. You could be a senior adult. You could be an entrepreneur. But it is people that have, have really oriented their lives around being able to give at a higher level. We call them kingdom builders, and I'm so grateful. We have a group of people who are serving every week, and man, our serving numbers are going up because we can't get where we were pre-COVID and past where we were pre-COVID because we, you know, there's about 25% of those that we're serving that have not come back yet, and we've got to, and so if you're serving, we're grateful. Now, when people ask me the question, hey, help me with my purpose, I get the question. I'm not hammering the question because the, the thought is, and both these guys said the same thing, I believe that God has more for me. So would you help me God's got more for me. I love the question. I love to walk into that. It's just a wide open door, and so I love to help. And so just, it's, it's incredible. And so the first thing God wants us to do, literally, is love him back. People say, well, if God's good, why about this? And tell me about that. My question is, it's not why did God do that. My question is, why did he make mankind knowing we'd be whacked and jacked like we are? Knowing that for most of history and most of humanity just flipped God off, rejected, rebuked, mocked, and hated, and God still loves us. So I know we want our lives to count for eternity. Matter of fact, we love God, 1 John 4, 19 says, because he first loved us. We didn't start this, he did. He started this relationship. So what I want to do is I want to shine some light into the revealed purpose of God for you. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. You are called to be a lamp lighter. There's no question, no wonder. 
No, 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 no doubt. In the greatest sermon Jesus ever preached, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and in other gospels, it's called the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. He is talking to his followers. You are the light of the world. Not you might be, not I hope you will be, not you should be, you are. Some are good, some are bad, but we are the light of the world. A city set upon a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men in such a way that they will see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. It's an incredible imagery. He's just before this talked that we are salt and then the passage I just read, we are light, we are salt, we bring taste and season to a bland world, we are light, we bring light to a dark world. We are witnesses and ambassadors for God. Does anybody believe that? Amen. Come on. So you're an ambassador, it's a very important position. Whether you know it or not, whether you realize it or not, you are an ambassador. God's called you. Right there in your chair, if you're born again, if you're a Christ follower, be a disciple that makes disciples. You call, Matthew 28, 19, the great commission, the great command, go therefore, or literally, <clears throat> in the Greek, as you are going, as you're going to work, as you're going to shop, as you're going to play, as you are going, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. By the way, baptize, make disciples of all the ethnos in the Greek, all the nations we translated, every ethnicity, and then teach and preserve all that I've commanded you along with you always, even to the end of the age. It is our commander-in-chief's last command to everyone that follows him, no one is excluded. But the bulk of church people in America believe this is not for you. It's for somebody more spiritual. It's your job, pastor. That's what we pay you for. It's the staff job. It's campus pastor's job. It's for somebody better than me. Listen, listen, listen. Do not be deceived. Because if you do not believe it's your job and your calling and that you will be judged accordingly when you stand before Jesus, you're deceived. Listen to me, blinded. The enemy wants to blind us to our calling because he wants to keep the world dark and you're the light. We are called to be lamp lighters. And those of you that accept this mission, who acknowledge that this is your purpose, your life gets thrilling automatically because you live on mission with God and you get to see God in action every day. Come on. So when you are walking in the gospel, you're seeing the power of God every day. Now, we got the idea for Lamplighters, our creative team, by a group of men 100 years ago who were called Lamplighters in London. And every evening at dusk, they would go down the streets of London and they would light the lamps on top of the post to light the way home for people. And as they lit the light and they kept going, even after they were off the street, the lamp was still giving light because we shine the light and we teach others how to shine the light. We, they got home. We, folks, as we shine the light, we're helping people find their way home and their home is heaven. 
Now, if they don't see the way, they're not going to heaven. So I want you to think with me. I want you to really, I want you to really engage for, for the next 14 minutes and 31 seconds. Are you ready? Is Jesus our model? Okay, we're, we're, to, we're, to be in the, we're made in the image of Jesus. Think with me. If you were Jesus and you knew when you started your ministry, when you turned 30, you had 42 months. Now, if you're young, 42 months sounds like a long time. If you're older, 42 months is a blip. I mean, there's gone. She gone. And if you knew that you had 42 months, three and a half years, to make your mark before you died on a cross and went back to heaven, how would you have spent your time? Jesus, a master at making the best use of time, what does he do? He spends the bulk of his time not doing mass evangelism, not doing crusade evangelism, he spent the bulk of his time with 11 dudes who would train 11 dudes, who would train 11 dudes, who, would make, who were disciples of Jesus, who would make disciples. And 21 centuries later, there's never been more believers on the planet than there are today. Why? Because we are called as disciples to make, and here's the problem. We think it's a program. We think it's a program. We Americans love programs. It's not a program, it's a process. The American church systematizes and the American culture monetizes everything, don't we? It's just how we live our lives. But it is a process of as you are going, make disciples. Now, did those disciples have problems? Sure they did. Were they focused on the wrong things like us? Sure they were. I love, if you're in the Bible reading plan, we just began the book of Luke. <clears throat> and as you're reading, Jesus would teach the masses. He'd go, they'd go to a campfire, they'd, you know, grill a couple steaks, whatever, they're at the campfire having a blast talking. And the disciples always said this, hey, Jesus, we didn't understand a word you said out there today. You mind helping us? By the way, you talked about the sower. What was his name? The seed? What was it? Over and over and over and over. Jesus spent time unpacking and downloading. He said, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. So Jesus tells them, hey, by the way, boys, we're on our way to Jerusalem. When we get there, they're going to arrest me. I'm going to be betrayed. They're going to arrest me. They're going to skin me alive. They're going to torture me, hang me on a cross. I'm going to die. Three days later, I'll meet you in Galilee. Peter, bring the biscuits. That's in the Hebrew. Bring the, bring the biscuits. So, the, so Jesus moves ahead. The, the guys have just learned that the Lord is going to die. What are they talking about? What it's going to be like after Jesus? No. Who's going to be vice president and chief of staff? Who's the greatest? I'm better than you. No, 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 no. I'm better than you. I'm going to sit on the right. Well, I'm going to be on the left. They're arguing. Jesus said, hey, what are y'all talking about? Oh, no, nothing. Nothing here, Lord. Like he didn't know. Actually, Peter pulls him aside. Wasn't it good of Peter not to rebuke the son of the most high God publicly? What a crazy thing. Peter rebukes Jesus because Jesus said, I'm going to go down a cross. And Jesus said, Lord, forbid it not happening. What did Jesus say? Get behind me. Satan, why? For you have not set your mind on God's interests, but on man's interests. And one of the reasons we're not making disciples we got all our focus on man's interests. 
and not heavens. Would y'all agree with that? Come on. So close your eyes for a minute. I want you to imagine something with me. Imagine this year you win five of your family, friends, coworkers, classmates, teammates, and you meet with those five people and you show them how to do what you've done for them and they win five people and their family and friends and coworkers and classmates and teammates. Imagine what the kingdom would be like, revival that would break out. Now look up here. Is that possible? Two of you. Is that possible? See, it, it's, what, it's what God called every one of us to do. I don't care what you do for a living, whether you're a butcher, baker, candlestick maker, it doesn't matter. When you see, <laughs> when you see that it's your job, you're on mission with God, well, it doesn't matter what you do. See, lamplighters believe making disciples is possible. So if you're a believer, you're a lamplighter. If you're a Christ follower, you're a lamplighter. Here's the truth. God wants to use you to make disciples, to win people far from him and train them. It's how the next generation gets the gospel. And can I tell you, we're one generation away from losing the gospel in America. One generation. So we're called as believers to be lamplighters. Moms, dads, grandparents, what if you discipled your kids and grandkids to win their, their friends and, and disciple their friends. Students, what if you're the only believer in your home? That's who I was. When I got saved 22, nobody in my family born again. I was the evangelist for my family, changed them forever. The difference can be incredible when somebody decides I'm gonna be a lamplighter. Let me give you two problems. There are more. Let me give you two problems, two reasons why I believe the bulk of us do not engage in evangelism or disciples that make disciples. Are you ready? Number one, we believe it is not my job. It's not my job. We, talk, we train this to the staff. Don't ever say it's not your job. Are you with me? Because Jesus said, you shall be my witnesses. Not you might be, not I hope you be. You shall be my witnesses. You don't understand, Pastor, I'm just a normal Christian. I'm busy. I'm entangled. I, I, I'm, a, I'm an introvert. I don't know how to speak. I, 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 are we not incredible excuse makers? We Listen, if we worked as hard as excelling as we did at making excuses, we'd all be successful. Are you with me? But man, we're quick to throw down that switchblade, baby. Pow! Excuse. I can't. I shouldn't. I won't. It's their job. Boom, 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 boom. This is the deal. Listen to me. If you're listening, Sam, Amen. you are dangerous to hell, and hell Amen. knows it. That's why the enemy will do everything to convince you you're not a lamplighter, you're not a disciple maker, you can't win anybody. Why? Because he wants hell full and our culture dark. And the only way to do it is to snuff the light out of lamplighters. Who say, it's not my job. I'm not supposed to do that. Imagine you realize the bridge up ahead has been washed out and people are just driving over that sucker in the fog. Happened in New Orleans. Tugboat driver fell asleep, hit a bridge embankment. The bridge collapsed one after another in the fog, cars driving over. What if you realized it and you began to get in the middle of the road saying, stop, the bridge is out. Stop, the bridge is out. Now, would everybody stop? No, 
Some will drive right off. They'll drive around you, over you, right to their death without Jesus. But others will stop, and they'll forever be grateful that you warned them to flee from the wrath to come. Does that make sense? It's your job. It's your job. Not everybody's going to say yes. Not everybody's going to say yes. We have been rejecting God since the Garden of Eden. It's crazy. And all he wants to do is love him back. It's going to be our theme for Easter. It's going to be incredible. So would you guys agree that most of us walk around thinking, this is not my job? Is that fair? Let me give you another problem. Are you ready? We're distracted by living this life. We're distracted. Now, let me ask you a question. Maybe I'm, this only happens to me. You ever praying and your mind wonder? Or am I the only heathen in the house? That's why I write my prayers down. Because I'm praying, and then the next thing I know, I'm thinking about a sermon. I'm thinking about y'all. I'm thinking about the next trip. I'm thinking about a project I'm working on. I'm thinking about a car I got to fix. Are y'all with me? I say, oh, sorry, sorry. And I'm back then, boom, 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 boom. And literally, if you see my journal all the time, God, forgive me, my mind is running at 10,000 miles an hour. I just need to breathe the salom of God in. I need the peace, God, because I'm just, my mind is whacked, and I want to focus on you, and it's distracting because my flesh wants me away from you, but the Spirit wants you. There's a battle. See, that's the way it is with disciple-making. We're busy. We're distracted. We miss out on the work of the kingdom as you are going. But can I tell you something? Can I give you some hope? Living a life of faith and sharing, being a lamplighter is the best way to live. It's exciting. But here's the problem. We compartmentalize our lives. I got my work life right here. I got my family life right here. Or I got my dating life right here. I got my recreational life right here. And hey, I'm a believer. I'm sold out. I got my Jesus life. He gets about three hours a week. I go to church. I'm there every weekend, baby. I'm a man. I'm core. You can count on me. And I'm a group. I'm fired up, man. I, but you know what? God gets three or four hours. Are y'all, are y'all out there? I will come home with you today. <laughs> and our number one value is we, we put God first in our home, in our work, in our recreation, in our fellowship, in our hobby time. And guess what? When you put God first, you realize you're calling. Man, you're going to live on mission. You're going to be a lamplighter. And life is going to get thrilling, I'm telling you, when you see God's call. It's incredible. See, most of us are concerned about what we do for a living, what we do all day. No, 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 no. That's your mission field. It's your mission field. As Butch always says, man, my life is going to intersect people. Huh, Butch? At every intersection, man, that's my mission field. See, you're, 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 what you do for a living is not your identity. What you walk with Jesus is your identity. And if you'll see yourself, I'm a lamplighter, I'm an ambassador, I'm a witness, I'm a representative. Man, you see that? Life gets good when you realize my purpose is to make it hard to go to hell for everybody I come in contact with. Man, I'm telling you, when you begin to see that, you begin the holy habit of sharing the light. Man, it's incredible, but it takes work and practice like any other habit. So let me give you some steps. Are you ready? If you take a note, let me give you some steps. Number one. Man, just invite people to church. Invite people to your small group. Just invite people. Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. 
It's the power of God into salvation. And listen, the reason that most of us don't walk in the power of God is we're not walking in the gospel. We're born again, but we're not walking in the power. Easter's the easiest time. We have multiple services, invite people, folks are coming back, folks feel safe. Friday night at some of the campuses, Saturday at most of the campuses, Sunday to every campus. Go to ifpeaster.com, you'll get the times. If you're still worried about social distance, I'd go to off times. Because we're going to come back in mass droves for Easter. So if it bothers you, you know, pick your, pick your service accordingly. And so now next weekend, we're going to, so number two is pray for a burden. Pray for Bob. Burden, opportunity, and boldness. Pray for a burden. Next weekend, we're talking about a burden. If you're on spring vacation, go to the beach, go wherever, but get online. Don't miss it. Pray for opportunities. Pray for opportunities. You've got to open up doors. May, FBI's got the 10 top most wanted list. You have your 10 top most wanted list for the kingdom of God. Put in your Bible, pray for them every day. Look for opportunities every day. Bring them to Easter. Number three, pray for boldness. You know, man, when the Spirit comes upon you, you shall be my witnesses. Get trained. Get trained. See, number one, learn to share your story. Anybody saved at any of our campuses this weekend? Anybody saved? Come on, North. Anybody saved? Okay. You know your story. If you say, no, I don't remember my story. I've been saved all my life. That means you're probably not saved. So there's, you should be able to remember when you surrendered your life to Jesus. And then learn to share God's story. Now, you can use a track. You can use CWTEE. There's a million ways to share your faith. I chose the Roman road. I learned a lot of different ways. Now, let me tell you why most of us are not disciples and make disciples. I gave you two reasons that are huge with, with the, uh, this weekend. But you know what the bottom line is? It's the number one leadership lesson I've ever learned. And that is this, people do what people see. People do what people see. Do you know that kids who grow up in an alcoholic home that hate the alcohol and get beat are five times more likely to grow up and be alcoholics? You say, no, 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 that can't be right. They hated it. No, people do what people see. Kids who grow up being sexually abused, hate every second of it, grow up and sexually abuse their kids five times more likely. See, people do what people see, and because nobody discipled you, you're not going to disciple anybody. Hey, guess what? Do we still believe the Bible? We're going to make a new normal at Faith Promise Church, and we're going to teach the next generation. You say, I just don't know if I can do it. Let's see how Cade did it. What's up? I'm Justin. Hi, my name is Cade, and I'm five years old. Five years old. So this is my son, and uh, so recently we moved into a new neighborhood, and we've had the opportunity to connect with some new people, and some of the people that we've connected with are people who either are far from God or uh, who honestly don't know, who don't know God at all. And so we feel like God's put these people in our life, and I was blown away with something that happened with, with my buddy here a few weeks back. You see, like, they're all on a soccer team together, him and his neighborhood buddies, and so... I was taking them to practice one night and, you know, like little boys do, they talk about things that are important to them. They were talking about their grandparents and the other two have grandparents that live far away and they don't get to see them. And so Cade was talking about uh, my dad who's passed away and, and is now in heaven. And so the truck got super quiet and Cade looks over at his buddies and he says, what? What did you say to him? Um, Jesus loves him. Yeah. And that blew me away. Because how often, how often am I afraid to talk to people about Jesus that I see at the store, 
even my neighbors that I know really well and they're my friends. Like, why, why am I afraid when it's that simple? Like, if I have this hope inside me, then I should have a burden inside me to match. And for me, it was just an incredible story of how simple it is to talk about Jesus and how simple and how easy it is to talk, to start a conversation about Jesus and to share your faith with someone. It's so easy that a five-year-old could do it, right? Telling everyone that Jesus loves them is easy. It is? Did you do it? High five, buddy. If Kay can do it, why can't you? It's just that simple. Where we live, work, study, shop, and play. Hey, campus pastors, you guys make your way up and you'll share the Romans Road with all of, all of, our, all of our campuses. But before you go, all of Faith Promise, let me ask you, who you bring in this Easter that's far from God? Campus pastors, take it away. All right, online, Bellissippi. If you've, if you've never heard the Roman road, it's just verses that are mostly out of Romans. I'm going to throw a couple extra in there. But this is what I do when I have an opportunity to share with somebody. Romans 3.10 says this. As is written, there's none righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Let me ask you a question. Have you sinned? Does everybody sin? Is everybody born sinful? If you say no, you've not had children. You don't want to teach those little suckers how to lie, how to steal, how to be selfish. It comes automatically. You say, oh, no, 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 my six-month-old, you don't understand. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do understand, too. I grew, Micah grew up in my house. I understand, trust me. And so we've all sinned. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were sinners, all of us in the same boat, Christ died for us. The just for the, to bring us to God. Romans 6, 23 says, the wages of sin is death. Now, have you sinned? We all have. What you'll get paid for that is death, which is eternal separation from God. But the second part of that verse is, but the, but the gift of God the gift of God. The free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so this is an opportunity. It says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, let me throw another one in there. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it is by grace through faith that you're saved. Not, as your, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not as a result of works lest anyone should boast. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you believe in your heart, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, Confess Jesus, Lord, believe your heart that you raised from the dead, you'll be saved. For the heart we believe resulting in righteousness, for the mouth we, we confess resulting in salvation. Let me throw another one. It's down on the screen, Romans 10, 13. For whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I had Revelation 3:20. Follow the stand through or knock. If you don't want to hear my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and dine. I'll come in and fellowship. I'm not gonna come make you religious. I'm gonna come hang out. We're going to eat together. We're going to fellowship together. We're going to grow together. We're going to do life together. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead will then be alive in you. He didn't die on a cross to make a religion. The world was already full of religions. He died to bring people back to God, to love Him back, to love Him back. So simple. Kate can do it. 
So you, if you don't like that, that model, great. What's yours? If you don't have a model, I like mine better. And you notice I memorized that. So that if you catch me without a Bible, I can share it. I can tell my story in 30 seconds, 60 seconds, or six hours. I can go through the Roman road in about 120 seconds, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever time God opens up, I'm looking and know. So are are y'all with me? Listen, I learned this before I was in ministry, vocationally. I had a little pocket New Testament. Now, I didn't know, I didn't do Bible drills growing up in vacation Bible school like some of y'all did. I was smoking dope when I was 10, so I wasn't, I wasn't doing the Bible stuff. So I got saved, I got me a pocket New Testament, and I dog-eared Romans 3.10. And I drew a line from Romans 3.10 to Romans 3.23. And I drove a line to the next page of Romans 5.8, and on over to 6.23, and then to the page number to 10, 9 and 10, and then, oh, listen, Revel- I wrote the page number of Revelation, 320, because I didn't have it memorized. I didn't know how to find anything in my Bible, and I didn't want to look dumb. Are you with me? So I just learned it. I began winning people. It, I mean, it's so easy. A five-year-old could do it. A caveman can do it. But some of you in listening to those verses realize that you may be in religious but you don't have a relationship with the living Lord and you're ready to surrender your life to him, heaven's open for business. Heaven's open for business. So we're going to Romans 10, 9 and 10, Romans 10, 13 right now together if you're ready. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to lead us in a simple confessional Romans 10, 13 prayer. And we're going to pray it out loud with you and if you're ready to begin a life with Jesus, he's ready. So pray this prayer. We're going to pray it with you. Dear Jesus, I've sinned, I missed the mark, we're separated, all me. I confess it, I ask for forgiveness, I confess you as my Lord. I receive your gift of salvation, forgiveness, adoption, and new purpose. I put my faith in you. 